What's up, guys? Welcome into Chargers Weekly. As always, joined by Matt Money-Smith. And we're taping this right after Tom Telesco's end-of-season press conference. And Money, let's just get right to the most important question. You asked about his quarter zip, if his, uh, if his quarter zip was a size smaller than it should have been. And then you followed up with a great question about maybe was it better to, to do this a couple of weeks later? And Tom referenced this was one of the, the worst or toughest professional losses of his career, that Week 18 game against the Raiders. Yeah, he he opened the, the press conference by pointing out that, you know, he apologized for not being able to do it right away, um, but that it was probably good. Uh, so he wasn't just focused on Week 18 and yet was able to kind of speak to the season as a whole, um, which is why I just kind of backtracked because, you know, I, I just always find it interesting, you know, that the professionals and players and coaches um, move on to the, you know, out of the next play, out of the next game, you know, but don't go two weeks ahead, just the next one, you know, next play. It's always funny, kind of the, the cliches that get spit out and whether or not if it really kind of holds. And, and when you have a, a final game like that and the way Tom answered the question, I think you could tell that, no, he is not past it. Um, and I suspect a lot of players aren't, you know, and, and he pointed out what made it so tough that it's the very last game and it goes to overtime and it's the very last play. And there are zeros on the clock when your season comes to an end. And that play also could have ended with your season not coming to an end. And that's what makes it so tough that it just it ends so abruptly. And all of a sudden. You know, and, and he talked about the momentum, and I, and I agree with him. I, I don't think that's just, you know, trying to paint a picture of positivity. I have felt it different in this market. There is excitement about the way the Chargers play football, about the development of Justin Herbert, about the return of Derwin James, and that's an exciting brand of football. And, you know, I think we talked about this either last week or it was after the, the Chiefs game. You know, you want to reward the people in L.A., you know, now that they're starting to come around and like, all right, you know what? I'm feeling this. My kids are into it. They're wearing, you know, my, my, my son or my daughter's wearing a Justin Herbert jersey. Let's go to a Charger game. You want it to pay off. And I, and I got a little bit of that from Tom, that, man, it really would have been nice to reward the fans, the people that are coming around to the Chargers here in Los Angeles with a, a berth in the playoffs. And I think he touched on something else that we talked about, Chris, and that's, I thought this team was good enough. You know, I thought just get in. And I like the matchups. And, you know, I think they got a shot. Now, I didn't know but Buffalo was going to look like the buzzsaw that they looked like against the yeah. Patriots because that's where they would have been. But um, I, I think I can certainly echo his sentiment about kind of why it was that that last game is clearly still stuck with him two weeks later. Yeah, well, a couple things there, too, because, you know, if you have a crushing loss like that in week nine, you got week 10, right? You got yeah. week 11. When you have it in week 18 – you got nothing but the offseason, and you can't wait to get back on the field for 2022. So that's one thing. And you you mentioned just wanting to reward the fans. Tom said, you know, obviously the number one priority is to win a championship. But that 1A is 1A. an entertaining brand of football, which they certainly did this year. And let's just kick it off with the identity of the team. You know, he, he led by just saying he, he, he loves – what Brandon Saley's doing, what he's built in just one year. And he says, basically, we have a, a clear vision of who we are, how we're going to play football. And that's not going to change in 2022 money. And yeah, that was something we talked about after the Chiefs game, you know, that that whatever your position may be on on the decision making going forward on fourth and goal, 
uh, skipping a 28-yard field goal, leaving points on the field, going into overtime and losing. And, and you know, if, if you don't like that, that's that then you don't like the way they did it against Cleveland or against Pittsburgh or against Kansas City and Arrowhead. And I think that's what Tom was alluding to is I'm not going to litigate the fourth and one and a half from the 18. You know, I'm not going to – what I'm going to talk about is – this is our identity. This is the way that this coaching staff and this head coach wants to play football. And I support that a hundred percent. So I, I think that's, and look, I think that's the way you have to address it. Um, Cause I would imagine, look, those conversations are never going to be public. If he doesn't like going forward on fourth and 18 against the Raiders, you know, in the third quarter, he's not going to tell us that, you know, but I think the, the, the more important part and, and whether or not you want to hear him give you that answer, I don't I don't really care. Um, if you were to ask me, I would think he probably wasn't crazy about it. But I think the more important point is I like the way we play football. I like the approach that Brandon Staley takes, and I'm going to back that 100 percent. You know, if that means you have to take a couple of these in order to get a couple of these, then I'm okay with it. And I think that's kind of the point he was making is it's not about that one play. It's about the philosophy as a whole and the front office and the coaching staff seem to be in step for that. When asked about the defense, I found it interesting. He said he, he may have overestimated how good they were going to be on defense. And I think there's a myriad of factors within that for why he thought that. And he also thought that the offense was going to be behind the defense and it ended up being kind of the opposite where you know they're, they're setting team records and Justin Herbert's breaking every imaginable quarterback record the franchise has ever seen so I, I did find that interesting that he, he he thought that defense may carry this team in 2021 and it was actually the opposite yeah it's you know and, and as he was saying that I started kind of doing inventory you know, and, and my brain, this tiny little brain I have. And, and I'm thinking like, okay, well, why, why would he think that? And then I'm like, you know, Chenna had a good year. You know, Joey Bosa had a Pro Bowl year. Um, Justin Jones went down and the line wasn't the same in his absence. Um, Kaiser White had an exceptional year. I think we, I think most Charger fans would be really upset if he wasn't re-signed. Um, considering kind of what he's turned into almost the prototypical linebacker with size, speed, ability, athleticism. Um, you know, Drew Tranquil had a really good year. Um, you know, I, I think really where they were let down was just one spot and that's corner and it's part attrition. And I think it was part performance. And, you know, if you were to ask me, look, it's got, you got to have it on all levels. And, you know, it's just like the right tackle position, right. That we saw against the Raiders and all, if you got one weak spot, they'll find it and they will exploit it until you got a solution. And I think that's kind of what my, uh, you know, I, I think the run defense uh, and, and he alluded to this, he didn't say it specifically, but he, he pointed out when he was asked about the run defense, he's like, look, it's an 11 man yeah. approach. It's not just that line. And I think that's, to me, that's kind of what he was speaking to. And he addressed Kenneth Murray and what was a disappointing year for Kenneth um, and, and how they hope he can bounce back. He pointed to a really bad ankle injury, and, and you got the sense maybe Kenneth had a, a rougher go with COVID than some of the other players. He, he sort of touched on that a little bit. But um, I think that's what he's alluding to is run fills. And specifically, I think a lot of it's tackling. And, and I think we talked about this after the Raiders game. I feel like we did with Asante, you know, Asante had a, a, yeah. a great year by rookie standards, but I think it's asking a lot 
for someone of his size to be an outside corner that is responsible for run defense as well. And I think that showed up at times. And to me, that's kind of what, what he was alluding to. And, and I'm, I'm mashing a bunch of different questions together, you know, and, and kind of what you brought up with that one question of what he said, he's taken ownership and, and he even used the word blame a little bit for what he thought was a, the pieces that he thought were there to play defense. And, and I guess if I were to assess it, that's probably, you know, if I had to point to one spot, I think it's the interior of the line, specifically depth. I think Jerry Tillery was a bit of a liability against the run. And he pointed to so many things they like about Jerry Tillery. And so do I. Length, pass rush, ability to get after. He plays with a nice, nasty motor. But certainly he's got to sort out some run issues. Um, and I think the second, the secondary, specifically in, in that run defense, you know, and, and their fills and their tackling ability was, was a bit of an issue. And, you know, in the same breath of, of talking about Tillery, he referenced Kaiser in year four and kind of the leap that he's taken. And by being so complimentary of Jerry, I think they still believe that Jerry has another level to, to get to, especially in this defense. And same with Michael Davis. I mean, he talked about how Milo and, and Gus really coached up Michael Davis as a developmental player in 2017. And then all of a sudden, uh, Mike's got to learn a whole new system. So I think there's some growing pains with some of the existing pieces they have. And you mentioned Asante. I mean, like, you're right. Like, by, by rookie standards, he had a pretty good year. You're hoping in year two, coupled with using that free agency as a tool and, and those 11 draft picks, is you can continue to bolster that secondary along with some other key pieces that may fit what Brandon Staley and company like to do best. Uh, to me, that's going to be the interesting one. Because, um, look, there's... There's pretty much uh, there's a few positions that rarely find their way to free agency if you've got really good players and it's offensive tackles, defensive edge players and corners, you know, and and those, you know, and obviously quarterbacks. But those those positions, when you get them, you keep them. You know, it's why, you know, number ones are getting traded or twos are getting, you know, number twos are getting traded for Darius Slay. It's why two ones are going for Jalen Ramsey. It's why you see teams part with considerable draft capital to take on an elite player at that position or spend an, an inordinate amount of money to load up at that position. And that's, you know, I guess that's where the one issue is, is where do you find it? You know, what's, what's available. There aren't a lot of teams like remember when Brock when somehow Fuller ends up going to the Broncos and you're like, my God, of all the places. And they ended up needing it, you know, yeah. because you, you got to have depth there because guys go down. They're smaller guys. They're asked to tackle bigger guys typically. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see because the way, if you look at now that some mock drafts are coming out and, you know, as, as I've been kind of getting ready to do my prep, I'm calling the NFLPA game. I'm going to the combine. So I've been digging into this that, for the last like five week, weeks. Next week, right? NFLPA. A uh, week from Saturday. Yeah. January 29th, it'll be on NFL Network. So I'll be on the call out there at the Rose Bowl for that one. But as I'm digging in, look, there's some really good corners. It's going to be interesting to see at pick 17 what's there because it's a deep offensive tackle class. I think it lines up where you have a couple of those big, meaty interior defensive linemen that should probably be there. You're probably going to have a couple athletic linebackers. If you're starting to think about how am I going to put this money puzzle together? Um, and there's, you know, the corners, I think there's premium in the corners. I mean, Stingley's going to go on the top five, but I think once you get beyond that, I don't, I don't know how that's going to shake out, you know? So it's going to be interesting to see how he attacks that position. Cause I don't think there's any question 
that they they're going to have to add players, you know, probably with high draft capital and free agency to that group. Yeah, number 17 overall in the first. And then obviously you, you kind of see the, the depth of the class and we'll learn more about it as the, the offseason goes on. It's funny with these press conferences, we don't really hear much about Justin Herbert or Rashad Slater. I think Popper yeah. asked the first Justin Herbert question like an hour in because you know what you yeah. have in, in Justin Herbert and, and Rashad yeah. Slater, right? So it's like uh, you're, you're getting questions about Mike Williams and Derwin James and some of these free agents, Tom said he's going to kind of wait till it's time to make those decisions. But I, I think it, it's safe to say we know how he feels about Derwin James. And he, Hey, he referenced just the way Mike Williams played late in that Raiders game and just the effort that he had yeah. in the fourth quarter and overtime. And, you know, it would be nice to see Mike back in, in powder blue, if they can make that work. hundred um, percent. You know, I mean, Brandon Staley got emotional talking about it. You know, the effort that that Mike put out there. Um, problem there, of course, is it's a lot of money to tie up in that position. You know, Keenan makes a lot of money. Um, and I think that's where you're going to have to figure it out. I, th I think if there is a player that's going to get the franchise tag, it's going to be Mike. Um, I think that's the one. It's still a big number, but it's not a it's not a long term deal. You have to invest. You can go one more year. You know, it's probably, I think, around 17 million bucks. I think they just got an additional nine carryover. So they're going to have close to 80 million bucks in free agent dollars. So I think just, I think that's a, to me, that's the most realistic uh, of it, you know, I, of, of, of the options, letting him go, signing him to a long-term deal or let's franchise him, you know, and, and give it one more year and, and make sure this is what we, this is what we need. This is what we want. You know what I mean? So I think, yeah. and look, let's not forget Chargers wide receiver group had more drops than any wide receivers in the league. So I think by no means is that group beyond reproach as good as they were, you know, as ridiculous as the numbers were, the fact that, thought too. yeah, I mean, they had more drops than any other group in the league. So I think you do have to do some self scouting and make sure, Hey, look, we love these guys. That's a, that's a bad stat. <laughs> you do not want that stat on your resume. So that's going to be an interesting one. I'm with you though. I, th I think it's clear that, that Herbert trusts Mike implicitly um, in those downfield throws. And that's when he takes the shots, that's where he wants to go. And that is such an important element of this offense. So it's going to be, it's going to be, I think, I think Mike's going to get offers. I, I, I believe that, that there's going to be some stuff out there, which is why I, I think the, the franchise is probably what makes sense there. I think this season was so telling them for Mike because he really did become a more complete wide receiver under Joe Lombardi and Staley in this scheme. And um, that's something that Staley referenced back, back in his time in, in Denver saying like, Hey, when we, when we scouted you, you were like a jump ball guy. You're a deep uh, right. go guy. And, and now he's been able to do a variety of things. And you see the trust that Justin has in him. Um, you, you almost put it on par with Keenan. And the way that, that Herbert trusted Keenan really from the beginning, you started to see that chemistry develop with Mike so much more in 2021. Yeah. So, um, And then you, then you throw in the fact that Josh Palmer kind of came on towards the end of the year too. So do you envision Palmer taking that next step? And, right. I think that's the big question, Chris. Yeah, because Josh, he's going to be good. Josh is going to be a really good really player. Good. So I think that's, you know, that's kind of what you got to figure out. You know, can we plug Josh into that role? You know, can we, can we plug him into one of the outside spots and still feel like the drop-off isn't significant enough that our offense takes a huge hit 
And in the process, we save $17 million to go spend on a right tackle, on a corner, on an outside corner, on a defensive tackle, you know, what, what, on a guard, whatever you may need. You know what I mean? So I think that's, that's look, that's why I don't envy Ed and Tom and all these guys that got to figure this out. It's not just the player evaluation, but it's trying to get the financial pieces to fit. But so like, to me, like haven't so they've got 80 million dollars the reason why they have 80 million dollars to spend or whatever the number is i can't it's between 70 and 80 i think is what i saw on sport track um is because justin herbert's on his rookie deal yeah so like that's that's and i think that's part of it it's like man this was year two and we only got three more of these you know with before that that number is gonna triple or whatever who knows what the number is gonna be by then but um, I think that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, <Whatever> it is. <laughs> that's why, you know, when that blank, when that blank check shows up, you've got to be able to fill in around. And that's kind of where I'm trying to figure out how Mike fits in. Like, you know, okay, well you can pay your wide receiver because your quarterbacks at this number. So you can actually get away with it. You can give him his 17 and a half and, and keep Josh as an incredible three. When you're giving those guys a breather, he immediately becomes a one or a two when either Keenan or Mike are off the field. So um, that's, it's going to be a tricky one. No doubt. Yeah. And I think you said this a few weeks ago, too. Like, yes, the Chargers have the second most cap space in the league, but you got Derwin James. You got all these guys on defense that we talked about that um, I I would envision you want to get at least a couple of them back um, that that Staley is is high on. You know, Chen is another guy who played his best game uh, against the Raiders in week 18. And then you got to be selective in free agency and then um, maybe add some dudes on special teams um, through the draft and just continue to develop what you have. Was there anything else that Tom said, Money, that you found interesting or worth mentioning? Um, Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm looking at my notes here. Um, I thought that it was interesting that he pointed out, you know, it's in the offseason, we got to focus on the entire team. It's not, you know, a lot of people are thinking, oh, they signed Corey Lindsley last year. They signed the Bushi. They signed Matt Fowler. That took care of the line, you know, and uh, they drafted Josh Palmer. They drafted Rashawn Slater. I think his point was, hey, that doesn't mean we're just going to spend all this money on the defense and we're going to draft all defense because of what we did last year. He kind of pointed out, yeah, the numbers are great, but, you know, the offense is still going to need attention. We're still going to have to do things on offense and we're going to have to address offense. And I think that speaks to, you know, what has historically been Tom's MO on the draft. And that's taken the best player available regardless of position. So I think, look, if it's an offensive tackle that's there at 17, that's number one on their board. And there's a, a pretty good sized gap between that tackle that's sitting there and the D tackle or the corner. I think they'll take the the right tackle, um, especially after what they just saw in week 18 and, and 11 pressures in the fourth quarter by Max Crosby. So, you know, I think that's, I thought that was interesting. Like, cause it, it almost felt like, you know, in Brandon's presser, he pointed out, Hey, look, we wanted to make sure Justin Herbert was right. You know, that guy can't have a regression in this year. So, you know, bring in Lindsley, make sure Mike comes back, pick up that fifth year option. You know, let's do everything we can to make sure he's, his his arrow is pointed up and he does not take a step back in year two makes total sense and then he talked about you know now we got to focus on defense and we've got to find you know so i think it was almost a no doubt we got to focus on defense but let's not get complacent you know a team could come out there and, and throw an incredible amount of money at mike uh and we might have an issue and you've got to retool and you've got to figure that all out 
And I think a great example of what you just said is the reason they drafted Brendan Hymas, right? And, and guys like Trey McKitty, they didn't draft yeah. him for 2021. And, and th- those are two guys specifically that I think are going to have a bigger impact on the offense. Maybe Hymas is a starter in, in 2022. I don't know. Um, but maybe they like him enough at that point. Um, but you, you're right. It, you're, you're not drafting in in one year for that specific year. Necessarily. Yeah. Sometimes you get that help, but you know, you don't get you don't get all pro Rashawn Slater every year, is what I'm saying. Right. I think it's um it is actually one of the you know, I don't want it is one of the things I would have liked to have seen this year, you know, because it's as much as and, and I'm not at practice, so I don't know what it looks like in practice, but what it probably tells you is it didn't look great. But look, when they had to plug in Storm for an entire game, he played fine. I'm I'm sorry, when they had to plug in Trey. For Storm, when Storm was out and they had to play Pipkins for an entire game, he played great. Yeah, he did. You know, I, I would have liked to have seen more just to take inventory. Like, hey, can Trey be the guy? You know, I would have liked to have alternated those two maybe and at least rotate him just to see if Trey could be the guy. Um, I would have liked to have seen Hymas a little bit. Like, if you think his arms aren't long enough and he's going he's gonna to fit as a guard, you know, I would have liked to have seen him a little bit out there because I thought he looked really good in the preseason. I thought he looked better than Balog at right tackle in the preseason. So like, but it's the preseason. So I, don't, I just, I feel like because they were so competitive and Tom said it repeatedly because they were competing for the division, uh, you know, in, in mid-December, that prevented the idea of development. It's, hey, we got to put our best guys out there for every single snap. They're in all these one-score games. You can't afford to do that. And that's one of the, unfortunately, the missed opportunities from the season because they were competitive until the final play of the final game in overtime with an extra 10 minutes. And that's, you know, what you sort of miss out on when you have those situations. So Tom's presser was over an hour. Um, I, I suggest you guys listen to it. I mean, we're just kind of supplementing, uh, yeah. giving our thoughts on, on what we heard, but it also kind of signals the end of the 2021 season and uh, a little bit of a, a break here as we get ready for the draft and, Money, you mentioned the, the the PA game that you're going to be calling. So um, we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus on the Chargers Weekly this next month. Um, be back the week of the Combine. So I'm not sure if I'm going to be in Indy. I know you will. And yeah. uh, we'll, we'll have uh, reports from the Combine and, and pick this thing up. But a little bit of a break, Money, and, and we'll get back at it here in about a month or so. No doubt. Looking forward to it, man. And who knows, maybe an emergency uh, Chargers Weekly will show up if we really like what we see at those uh, NFLPA, East-West Shrine, Senior Bowl games. We start to, to put our mock drafts together, try to guide Tom Telesco with all of our brilliant observations and suggestions. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it, Chris. I really enjoyed it this year. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. We'll have the, the uh, emergency emoji alerts. Uh, yeah, there you go. Exactly. Uh, the sirens. Yeah. <laughs> The siren. So, and for our right, old guys. listeners, the uh, the emergency sound. <laughs> since we're here in Southern California, I'll give that to you for the old folks. That's one thing I need to do is we need like a soundboard. We need a soundboard yeah. for this. There you go. Or you know, maybe we don't. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Always appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll see you in about a month for money. I'm Chris. <laughs>